0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: My friends of the Yoga Revealed podcast, today we are so fortunate to bring you a true treat. In our interview with the brainchild of Yoga Revealed podcast, Andrew Seven Sealy. It has been nearly 15 months since Yoga Revealed went live and with over 270,000 listeners and downloads, Andrew and myself bring you two episodes where we interview one another. In this episode, Andrew shares the beauty of his raw and insightful experience from his trip to India several weeks ago as it directly relates to his willingness
2: to show up in the face of life. allows people to tap into what I would call a greater sense of presence, and that greater sense of presence allows them to be content. And that contentment is what leads them to being peaceful and compassionate to each other. And that's something that, you know, not a lot of Americans have unless they are yogis. And that's why I'm so honored and blessed to be able to serve as a yogi to help bring yoga to every single person, any walk of life, because I think I know in my heart, that it's helpful. It's helped me to get to where I am today. Tap into this episode to hear from the connection catalyst, Andrew Sealy,
1: and allow his words to seep into your being and aid you in your personal evolution along this path of yoga. Good day, wherever you are in the world, my friends. Namaste. It is such a true pleasure and an honor to sit with 100% of the Yoga Revealed team across from my beautiful brother, Andrew Seely. Thank you so much for your presence, your ongoing energy and effort to better yourself
2: and the surrounding world. Well, it's an absolute honor to be here sitting beside you, Alec, actually in front of you, (laughs) directly in front of you. I love these um, opportunities to be able to share space, to be able to sit and to truly connect, because um, with all the travels that we've been doing, it's been, you know, in between emails, in between text messages, and now here we are in person, in the flesh, and it feels so great. And, you know, you you said it.
1: You are someone who excels in connection with whoever is in front of you. Whether you have a extremely high amount of passion to want to connect with them or not, you give whoever is in front of you the time and the energy of your day. And I have seen that in you since day one, and I respect that so much.
2: Thank you. I I feel that when we're in the present moment, the best thing that we can do is fully connect. And that means eye contact. That means, like, truly giving that being, that consciousness, Mm. the time of day to Mm. be able to accept what is given. Mm. And it's oftentimes just taking the time to, you know, lower your guard and listen. And by doing so it allows you to absorb so much wisdom.
1: What is it to you to be present? And what kinda what what how does it enrich your life?
2: Oh, I I I would say the definition of presence to me is complete absorption in the moment. So being absorbed in the moment I would say means to be aware of not only the circumstance of connection but also being aware of how you yourself are connected with every single cell within this moment. So like that to me is full presence. Mm. It's like that full absorption of of conscious awareness in that moment. And um I would say that presence has helped me in my day-to-day life in not only becoming more acutely aware of how I can be of service, but also how I can help others be of service to each other. Mm. So I, 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 you know, a long time ago, I put in my bio that I'm a connection catalyst, but those actually aren't my words. I had a manager um, who actually told me that when I was working at MindBody. She said that wow. you're a connection catalyst because you have literally connected people who wouldn't regularly have talking or spoken to each other and you know how people fit together. So you're like a catalyst, like you enable people to work together in a better way. And that has stuck with me throughout my life and I feel very much so empowered by my ability to be able to align people so that they can work more efficiently together.
1: That's a cool story. I did not know that about you. Yeah. And I, I did know that you're a connection catalyst, but I thought that those were your words. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for giving that person the the the, the respect of that. That's Yeah, awesome. totally.
2: Christy Christy winning. I, I will I always remember we had a, a really interesting meeting and um, it was I always had these meetings with my managers where it was kind of like you're doing really good, but <laughs> you know like uh, like you're not using your full ability like you can be doing so much more, you know yeah. And I always had the luck of having teachers and having people who um, saw, the potential in me mm. and were willing to squeeze me and wring me out to make sure that that potential got out. So, Well, just in light of
1: that, you know, something that kind of holds us back from awakening to our fullest potential and from being present is distraction. Mm-hmm. So how you, are, do you ever find, do you ever, are you ever distracted? And like, if you <laughs> are distracted, what distracts you and how do you overcome it?
2: Oh, goodness. I am so often distracted by the abundance of opportunity that is before me. And it's now more than ever more challenging mm-hmm. to decide which way to go. And I think that really it's just a matter of the, the amount of positive things that I'm doing are all... Connecting to each other and the amount of positive people that I'm interacting with are presenting me with awesome ideas that I can run with but What I find is the distraction is my working mind Having to choose between what is intuitive to my nature what's intuitive to my heart and what my mind feels is more beneficial for my future and I think that that's like the chitta vrittis, like the, the mind thoughts going into the elaboration of, oh, this could turn out to this, this, that, and that, whereas the intuitive nature of my, my my heart, my my true heart's intention would be like, okay, just choose that. And so I have to be mindful as to how to connect the mind thoughts to the heart intention and how to continue with the heart intention while at the same time being cognizant of my worldly nature of Mm. having to live in reality, having to make money to survive, having to um, be a influential person in today's society. So all of those are kind of like my karmic predicaments and my roles um, that I have to fulfill while at the same time um, fulfilling my, my, my dedication to being present in the moment and making decisions that are positive for my well-being. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So I would say Mm. the the most distractions that I have are attributed to, um, making decisions and making them in efficient ways
1: that best serve you in your future.
2: Yeah. But not only just myself, but the whole world because Mm. it's, it's, You know, I could do things that would best serve me every single day, but then I would only be serving myself, um, which I guess indirectly does serve the the greater consciousness. But there's so much more that we can do to serve humanity. And I find myself more now than ever, especially since visiting India and visiting the children of the Chandramoli Children's Trust in Varanasi Mm -hmm. and seeing these kids and witnessing how much potential these children have It's like my goal is to help kids more than ever now Mm. because I find that the next generation is the key to our existence and the key to our continuation as a human race in sustainability Mm. and environmental matters and Mm. also in um, just allowing the resources that we have currently to be shared equally
1: Mm, you took the next topic right out of my mouth (laughs) i was gonna shift into yeah how this recent trip of india was a great step in servitude for others share with us what was this what sparked this trip to india who went with you what was your intention
2: please so many questions (laughs) (laughs) So, this trip to India was sparked by a friend of mine, Indy Rishi, who actually reached out to me to inform me that um, his friend, Amar Deep, who is a director for Neverending Light, um, he is a producer of documentaries and uh, produced a great documentary on Netflix called Cirrus, which is all about inner space and um, um, extraterrestrial activity. Um, he's a very interesting dude. Absolutely well educated. Um, very into transcendental meditation and also um, deep Vedic meditation. Um, his family is very well connected, and he is Indian. And asked me if I've ever been to India, and I said no, I've never been to India. He's like, well, I've been following you for quite some time, and. You know, it looks like you need to go to India because you're such a devout yogi and you're so rooted in your practice that you have to go to India. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'd love to go to India. What are your ideas on this? And he's like, well, I started up this business called Yoga for Change, and we basically intend on leading retreats and then giving some of the proceeds towards um, the places that we go to. And this year I want to go to India. And show you around India and help you lead a retreat. And so I was absolutely honored, obviously, by this offer. And I decided to go full force into it. Um, uh, Did some marketing for it. Ended up having 14 absolutely outstanding yogis come on a journey with me to India. Um, And it was just an absolutely revealing experience to me because I had been so, I would say, limited by my own belief of being able to lead, and I would say a lot of people, like, see me as, like, this, you know, personality, like, you know, granted I have lots of followers on Instagram, (laughs) whatever, people who listen to this, and, you know, people who go on my Facebook, on social media, I would say that I'm, I'm somewhat so, um, confident, when it comes to my teaching, I would say I'm pretty confident as well when it comes to leading an international yoga retreat in a place that I've never been before. <laughs> I was so scared, wow. like literally, like three weeks before the retreat, um, you know, I didn't really post much about it because at first, I was just like, you know, I don't know who really wants to go with me to India, and I don't know. You know, if everything's going to be accommodated for, I've never been to India. It could be dirty. People could be upset about the room accommodations. And just all these thoughts of things that could go wrong were presented in my mind rather than what could go right. And then it just dawned on me that the reason that the universe is presenting this to me is because I'm ready. I have a very strong belief that the cosmic consciousness never gives you anything that you can't handle. And so I immediately like took that thought in my mind and immediately just went towards full force of, you know, letting people know about the retreat and being truly invested in making it an awesome experience. So, first thing I thought to myself was, like, you know, like, what are some of the things that I would want um, on this retreat? And so, I reached out to Uni, which is one of my sponsors. They do, like, the most amazing uh, beauty products and, like, just healthy wellness stuff. And so, I was like, oh, like, you know, I'd love to get some of the muscle recovery gels. So, you know, when we're running around and doing... All these different types of yoga moves and hiking up places and all this stuff, like we at least have something to put on our skin and rub ourselves down. And like, I really wanted to incorporate a sense of massage and self care and mm. doing the retreat. And so um, I reached out to them and they provided us with the muscle recovery gel and like all different types of oils and, you know, hand sanitizing wipes because you know it gets dirty. <laughs> These shower sheets came in handy so often because even going to the bathroom, you know, like there's oftentimes no toilet paper (laughs) and there's oftentimes nowhere to wash your hands thereafter. And so we were so lucky to just be hooked up by uni. And I I really thank each and every person who came on the retreat because it was like every single person was exactly the right person Mm. to be on the retreat. We had um, an absolutely incredible psychologist and nurse. Um, and then we also had a doctor um, yeah. who came on the retreat. Yeah, Dr. Stacy's absolutely incredible. Such a sweet woman. Um, Deepa, my friend, mm-hmm. who, yeah, Deepa, she's. Awesome. She's right here in Santa Monica. She's of Indian descent and helped us a lot with the translations. Same thing with Indy. He helped us with the translations as well. And, you know, had just great people like my good friend Ryan come along on the retreat, who literally on the retreat was told by a woman named Lucy, um, who owns and is one of the headmasters at the Chandramoli Children's Trust in Varanasi, that he should be a yoga teacher. And she just looked him dead in the eye and asked him, do you teach yoga? (laughs) He said, no. She said, you are meant to teach yoga. Wow. She could feel just his energy. And he's such a kind-natured, intelligent guy. And he's just starting his yoga path. This was his first yoga retreat. He's never done a training or anything. And he just, like, his eyes lit up (sighs) and just tears of joys streamed from his eyes and he immediately knew that, that that's his path and it it was just an incredible experience every single person who went along on this retreat was meant to be there meant to be there so beautiful mother India received you oh <laughs> beyond receiving just like nurtured me nurtured oh. me and brought me to a space where I know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now
1: Hmm. What was one of the greatest imprints in India that has followed you to Santa Mon? Have followed you back to Santa Monica?
2: I would say just the imprint of knowing that there is greater good out there, and that there are people who are fully devoted to yoga, who are helping. This whole entire community of yogis by instilling information into the next generation. And when I say the next generation, I mean kids between the ages of 8 and 16 who, granted, are young, have so much potential for wisdom, for growing beyond themselves, and being able to share with others. I witnessed these children at the Chandramoli's Children Trust who we went to go visit. Um, And give our yoga mats to At the end of the uh, yoga retreat We actually took these yoga mats And um, gifted them to the children Because the children didn't have yoga mats They barely even have notebooks and pencils and pens to write Mm. And so They're orphans, most of them um, Who have no parents Or whose parents cannot afford to actually care for them Um, In India, you see children who are on the streets begging because they don't have parents to care for them and it was such a blessing to go to a space where not only are they clothed but they're fed um, Mm. and they're also taught true knowledge the Vedas, they're taught from some of the best teachers from the University of India who are coming to this school specifically to teach the kids the Vedas and the proper Mm. pronunciation of the Sanskrit and teach them the asana, and it's just an incredible um, space to realize that there are children out there who are very knowledgeable of what we are learning Mm. as adults. Mm. And so, like, that that next generation is going to be so potent in helping our world.
1: Mm. Wow, it's so cool that you got to sit and practice in the same room with these kids.
2: Yeah, I know it, it was powerful because kids are so true mm. and so innocent mm. and you can feel their genuine compassion to each other. Mm. Like that is something that I feel like in America I don't see quite often. I don't see like children helping each other. These kids were sweeping the ashram together. Mm. They're feeding each other like they Every single one of them has a role that helps the full group. And to witness that was um, very confronting for me because I've watched my mom own a preschool growing up and to see how children interact here in America versus where in India. And granted this was a school where these bullies didn't have anything else other than each other. So they don't have you know families to go back home to. like they are their family. So it's a different circumstance altogether, but it was just so sobering to see how studied and how connected they were. Mm.
1: You use the word sobering, which for me, I also experienced across Southeast Asia in my travels where, you know, we see the level of poverty and the level of. Suffering that is, uh, uh, it's a paradox to say it, but alive and well
2: Mm -hmm. across
1: many parts of this planet. And how was it for you to see that, to experience that, to be in it, and to return to our very blessed
2: and fortunate way of life here in the States? It was incredible to witness... On the streets of India, like, literally people dying on the streets. And we were in Varanasi, which was, you know, is one of the sole uh, sacred spaces of Shiva. And it's the place where people actually go to die. Um, people travel from all around India specifically to be cremated and, and, and have their ashes put into the Ganges. And some people who do not afford that actually die in the Ganges and just float down river. And um, to witness the amount of poverty there, but to look into the people's eyes and see how compassionate and how just they were accepting of their suffering. Whereas I feel that a lot of times you look into people's eyes here, and there's like no sense of of realization that they're suffering as part of the whole wheel of of life. And I think that the difference there is that the people there know that even though their physical form may wither away, their soul. Is still being saved, mm-hmm. or is 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 able to carry on, mm-hmm. and the spiritual practice there is so deep that people understand the validity of consciousness and how consciousness carries on bef- beyond this existence here, and I think that's the huge difference in in how people live here is that, okay, I have this lifetime only, let me make as much money as I can and live up the life that I can and just do it to the biggest because I only have this life anyway. Whereas people there understand that their past karmas have brought them to this existence, therefore they should live this existence to the fullest and devote their practice to making this existence as relieved of karma as possible so that they can carry on beyond this consciousness to the next consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's, that's a whole different thought process, I feel, that allows people to tap into what I would call a greater sense of presence, and that greater sense of presence allows them to be content. And that contentment is what leads them to being peaceful and compassionate to each other. Mm. And that's something that, you know, not a lot of Americans have, Unless they are yogis. And that's why I'm so honored and blessed to be able to serve as a yogi to help bring yoga Mm. to every single person, any walk of life, because I think I know in my heart that it's helpful. Mm. It's helped me Mm -hmm. to get to where I am today. So it's like... So what can
1: we as yogis do to keep this ripple effect moving forward in those who don't take on that belief system or even the level of presence that is not so (laughs) present.
2: Yeah, I mean, the best thing that we can do is be present. Mm. The best thing that we can do is truly be present with every single person that we interact with on a daily basis. Look in their eyes, connect with them, and give them the time of day that shows them that you are compassionate. And I think that that in itself is leading a life that will bring forth positive vibration in every single circumstance and community that you touch. Mm. Because when it comes down to it, if we're leading a life of light, then there's no way that we are not seen by others as long as we continue to shine our brightest and live through our truth then others will witness that and thus be able to be enlightened by mm. our our shine yeah you know and so i feel that the continuation of how we lead our lives on a daily basis is so important and so imperative to how we connect and uplift our communities so I
1: almost want to backtrack on that exact comment and say if we're going to be so present with one another wouldn't that require us to be hyper present with ourselves first
2: yes and that's that goes back to what you were talking about which is the Svadhyaya that's self study And that's, I feel, one of the reasons that this retreat was so important for me was because I was able to do a lot of self-study of my own preconceived notions of how I interact with people and how I lead. Because when I teach here in America, it's so often that, you know, it's not you know, driving to some sacred space that I've never been to before. And, you know, we're, we're going to go do a yoga class at the top of the the Vulture's Peak today where the Buddha actually wrote his heart sutras. Wow. Like, you know, like going to these sacred spaces. We're going to, to Bodh Gaya, to the tree where the Buddha reached enlightenment. And you're going to teach a yoga class, Andrew. Like. <laughs> what? imagine you know so so those instances where i had to come into a space that's sacred and hold space for others to have an experience that was sacred Mm. that in itself brings me to a space where i know that my integrity as a teacher in in way that I'm sequencing and the way that I'm presenting yoga as not only an art of self discovery, but also as a lineage mm. must be in alignment and in, in attunement with my heart, but also with the hearts of those who I'm sharing with and with the space that we're having the experience in, you know, because a lot of these spaces were sacred spaces where women aren't able to wear short sleeve shirts, you know, where it's looked down upon and frowned upon if you're even practicing asana. So it was um, a very confronting experience, but it was also something that allowed me to see that the self-study that I've done thus far has definitely led me to a space where I'm able to now lead from a place of confidence.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, wow, that's amazing that you got to be present in these incredible portals <laughs> on the planet.
2: When the, when they say that these places are not only portals but full on vortexes, <laughs> like truly, I I remember being at the Bodhi Tree where the Buddha reached enlightenment and walking in. To the space where the tree is gracefully praised by so many monks from all around the globe where they converge specifically to be there to meditate together and to feel the vibration of just this amount of high potency of all these people meditating in the same space For the same reason of global peace. Mm. Time slows down there. Like, I swear to you, I sat under this tree and... The way that the sun was shining through the leaves... And when you sit and watch the wind blow... And the wind just gusts these beautiful little gusts of wind... And you watch the leaves of the tree gently fall off and flutter and then land gracefully on the knee of one of these monks. Like, perfect. Like, the leaf knew exactly where it needed to land. (laughs) And this monk who was in meditation, so beautifully aligned with himself, allowed that leaf to land perfectly on his knee. Or somehow attracted it by his grace of of mass, you know, like that, that sense of drawing in exactly what you need. Like that, I feel was just the realization that magic is happening in this world. And magic is happening in this world by us being present and meditating and by us being truly connected to consciousness and being in spaces like that kind of just smacked me upside the head and said, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing and you're here to help people see that this is real.
1: Mm.
2: What's real? Consciousness. Mm. Consciousness and the idea that we are all connected. Because I feel that people have the idea and know the idea but have not yet manifest that idea in their daily life. And that idea becomes manifest by living with that knowing that we are all connected, but not only that we're connected, but we are integral to each of our experiences. So you being here asking me these questions is exactly what needs to happen, and you being here listening to these answers is exactly what needs to happen. Like, this is happening specifically for the expansion of all of our consciousness
1: Mm. and it's almost like those who allow this to seep through they receive we receive and we go out and we're being well that's it
2: we're being through our being we're allowing others to be Mm. I actually I, I, I wrote one of what I would say the most potent lines that I've written thus far in my Mm -hmm. life. And I'm so excited to share it with you all because it came to me in a very, like, just interesting conversation. But I said that um, the presence of being is the light of seeing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a cyclical interesting saying because it just goes so well together but the presence of being when you are truly being yourself then it allows you to see everything that you're meant to see it's the light of seeing not only for yourself but for others Mm. the presence of being is the light of seeing
1: Mm. i love that
2: yeah. It just it <laughs> yeah. came to me. And, yes. and ever since then, it's like been a very bright experience of being able to connect with exactly the right people at the right times and being able to have the right conversations that need to be had for us all to begin seeing. Mm. And I think that that being of each of us truly being in our passion, truly being in our power and being confident enough to share our experience with others is exactly what we need to do to help others see their path
1: and in light of helping others see their path
2: and uh, having a greater
1: understanding of your path through visiting and studying and teaching in india what is your personal legend
2: my personal legend (laughs) i think that um my legend is being written as we speak (laughs) um i am truly truly devoted to the idea that i am here to share yoga to reveal yoga Hmm. that's i feel the reason that This name of Yoga Revealed came to existence, that we're here together speaking about this. That, you know, I'm working with people like Russell Simmons on, you know, creating more yogic lineage to help to share yoga with the people who are, you know, in Beverly Hills, who are the media moguls and the entertainment uh, celebrities and those people who have such a potent reach to television to online networks to uh the modern day society that may not have yoga accessible to them the way that we do Mm. so it's all just uh being able to reach out and touch those different areas that need yoga just as much as we do because no matter if you're practicing at a core power yoga or at india with you know absolutely incredible scholars and rishis. It's like yoga is connecting us all. Mm. No matter where you are or how you're practicing, I feel that our experience of yoga is all individual, but the individual experience is affecting the cosmic experience. Mm
1: the individual experience is affecting the cosmic experience. Mhm. Through our own states of living and how we're showing up and Yep. Yes. The ripple effect. Exactly. Wow. Cool. And so what are the what are the big influences that you're setting out to help further? The collective change in your life right now Like what's what's on the map for Andrew Seven Sealing In the following months that helps you Change and create a incredible Positive impact on yogis all around
2: Yeah, so I am actively Learning as much as possible um, I plan on doing my first 300 hour teacher training with Noam Azay, um, who's my teacher, Rocky Heron's teacher. Sweet. Yeah, um, he's by far one of the most embodied yoga teachers that I've ever met in my life, and embodied not only in the sense of his asana practice, but also in the sense of his philosophy. Cool. Um, he studies with uh, some absolutely incredible Sanskrit scholars like Douglas Brooks, and mm. um, is very well attuned to the philosophy of yoga and that is something that I definitely want to become more knowledgeable of in going to India and doing a puja um, at an amazing Shiva temple and listening to the Sanskrit language spoken in a very devotional way during a puja which is a ceremony of uh, what I would just call like divine connection it's allowing the the spirit of Shiva to be embodied in the cantor that Mm. the person who's giving forth these these words and and you know putting the the raisins around the Shiva lingam and uh the spices and the the incense and then pouring the water and observing this you know like you you see the validity of the philosophy and why it's so important in the lineage of yoga Um, So I'm really excited for my 300 hour that's coming up um, with Noah Maze because it will allow me the experience of being able to hone in my teaching skills. Mm. And I feel that I'm a a pretty good teacher. I mean, like I've heard from people that I'm a good teacher, but you know, like you never really know if you're a good teacher until like, (laughs) I don't really know when it is that you know that you're a good teacher, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, But you... You hear it from students, and you can feel it in your heart when, you know, you see in someone's eyes that they're getting it, yeah, and that their experience is being um, heightened by your presence. Yes. And so, uh, I feel that I'm at the, the space now where I'm ready to level up in my teaching skill. Awesome. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've got some epic acro yoga events coming up. Um, I've been teaching a lot of Acra yoga in the workshop format because I think that Acra yoga is like the evolution of yoga. Mm. It's the the next step, I would say, towards human connection. Mm. It's allowing people to completely break down their walls of self-doubt mm-hmm. and move into their vulnerability of supporting another human being. And that support, I think, is exactly what we need to help. Our society move towards a more conscious awareness of the feminine nature of caring. More now than ever. More now than ever, we need to care for each other. We need to, truly. And be conscientious of each and every struggle that we're going through and be aware of the amount of trauma that people have endured to be able to get to where we are today, mm. whether it's culturally, physically, um, racially sexually like there's a lot of trauma that a lot of people have been through and the more that we can connect to each other and relate to each other and have the experience of holding each other's hands while we're trying something new that i feel is so imperative with the time that we're in right now
1: what time are we in right now
2: The call yuga man this is the the what the call yuga Call for, those, for those who don't, oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know what that is, come on! I was like, come on, man, Alec, you know what a call you is. Come on. <laughs> so, um, in the Vedas, there's this scripture about the time and how time consistently uh, renews itself. And currently, we're in a time of the end of uh, what is known as like the dark period, and Coming into the light, and uh, they call yoga as like a low point in uh, human existence, um, as we know it. And I feel that that is very much what we're going through, and the the outcome of the election. Um, it's all archetypes, you know. If we look at Bernie Sanders, he was an archetype. He was the the proud man that is, you know, standing up for the rights of others who are not willing to stand up for their own voice. And then we have Donald Trump, who's standing up for a whole entire another archetype, which I would say is the masculine, um, I'm here to show you my ego type of archetype. And it's a very interesting um, space that we're in now because we are witnessing what happens when we don't speak up for ourselves. And I feel that there's a lot of people... Well, it's, it's proven, actually, that only 25% of our U.S. population voted. So, of the 25% of the U.S. population that voted, you know, we ended up getting something that wasn't... or at least that I feel isn't representing us fully. Um, When I say us, I mean the whole United States. Um, And currently, us as yogis, people who are realized in their own compassion, it's now time for us to move into our communities and to truly be the influential people that we are meant to be, to help strike change from a ground floor level, Mm. to move into spaces of community leadership. To move into spaces of creating your own women's group, creating your own men's group, holding each other accountable, and truly making sure that we're creating the change that we need on the ground floor to be able to progress together and help change not only this country, but the world. Because this is where it starts right here in the, the you know, sitting down, having the conversations that need to be had so that we can continue to thrive these ideas need to be shared wow thank you totally I I mean this this is I feel very much I'm passionate about it because I know that what we are doing is affecting people worldwide and that's why I teach that's why I go and you know do my workshops and teach at Allo and write the poems that I write and you know help people That's all I can do is be here to be of service. And um, I've got my next retreat, which is actually in Bali coming up in June. Wow. First time in Bali. And yet again, I'm like nervous because, you know, I've never been to Bali. (laughs) You'll love it. (laughs) Bali's awesome. Yeah. They say it's the island of the gods. and. I have I mean, you've been. You can tell me a little bit about your experience, right? I love Bali. I went there two years ago
1: and went back this time around. The time that I was just in Bali, I was there that exact week two years ago. So That's it was wild. really cool for me to... Just observe my own state of change. Mm-hmm. Bali is a like it's a little paradise place, and it's easy to get stuck in Bali when you can get out and also go see part of the Indonesian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it is totally a yogi's paradise. <laughs> it's like totally an American yogi's paradise. Um, the I I I'm sure that you have a retreat center, mm-hmm. so. You know, when I was there, I was able to meet Michael Fronti's son and hang out at Soulshine and, you know, just soak up some sun before heading over to the Gilly Islands. Mm-hmm. Gilly Air Island is beautiful. B- Gilly Menno Island is beautiful. Gilly Tea is a little bit party vibe, too party vibe for me. Um, the best salad in uh, in Bali, is it alchemy <laughs> i've heard there, of alchemy you... yeah alchemy is the
2: bomb <laughs> yeah i actually have a friend of mine um who works with the four seasons she told me that i have they to go to have alchemy. to go to alchemy. <laughs> you
1: have to go to alchemy okay. but it's cool you know you get on a motorbike if that's what you so wish and uh, driving in asia requires undivided attention <laughs> undivided attention (laughs) completely and it's really cool to drive in bali it's a little more accessible than other countries that i've been to in asia but there's statues on every corner and there's the monkey forest and there's just so much spirit seeping through every brick it's felt it's a, it's a portal over there and it's like a high vibrational place. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I'm stoked that you're going to
2: Bali. Yeah. Andrew. yeah. 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 So there, there's a lot of epic things on the, the forefront of what I'm doing. And I feel that my passion and purpose right now is bringing yoga to as many people as possible while at the same time keeping the potency. Hmm and doing it in an integral way of, um, what resonates most with my heart. And a lot of that for me right now is acro yoga. And, um, you know, I still teach yoga and I still teach privately a lot. And I just, my goal is to help people have that experience of full realization of self. Mm.
1: Well, if someone wants to get in touch with you about your Bali retreat coming up in June, how do they do that?
2: oh so um, inlightretreats.com or you can also check out my website andrew 7 com and you'll see the retreat is um, going to be up on the front page pretty soon here uh, <laughs> I'm not the best web developer but I definitely have some good <laughs> friends helping out um, yeah just honestly if you're open to having experience and um, willing to go outside of your comfort zone and try something new uh, I feel that these retreats are really the best way to drop into yoga and to truly have an experience that is not distracting from, uh, like your actual yoga, because when you're in a space where you can have an experience that isn't, uh, you know, pulled away by that phone ringing or by those emails you have to do, or by going to work the next day, like you're so much more present to the transformation that's happening. Mm. And that's, that's, I feel was one of the best takeaways from the India retreat is just seeing people have full on transformations of like coming into the retreat one way and coming out of the retreat, feeling that connection Wow. to yoga.
1: And then that's what we get to shine bright and live right.
2: Yeah. Truth. Indeed.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, my brother in conclusion, What is, as always, one new golden nugget that you would love to offer to our listeners as they carry forward on their life path and this walk of life?
2: Mm, I would say the most potent golden nugget that I can give you is follow your heart. And choose to be yourself Mm. to the fullest. Like, there's only one you in existence on this planet, and you're here to shine with your heart and your mind. And most important, follow your heart. (laughs) I can't say it enough because I'm an example of it. I am an example of someone who has looked deep within and seen what is in alignment with me. What is my truth and how can I share it with the world? And you too can do it. I have full faith that if you're listening to this right now, you're at least taking that first step towards enlightenment, towards full body embodiment of your truth in your life and of your passion and sharing it with the world. And we need you now more than ever. So do it. Do it to the fullest. Follow your heart.
1: Mm. Thank you, my brother. It is such a pleasure to help run and interview amazing people on this podcast with you and to sit across from you and to be here in your house in your life sharing what we love.
2: yes indeed, brethren. it's an absolute blessing to have someone of your your study of your your devotion of your your pure hearted intention to collaborate with and to share this podcast is just an honor and i thank you for you asking the questions that need to be asked Mm.
1: may we all wake up to being free from suffering in our mind in our bodies may we all happily take care of ourselves so we can happily take care of one another Mm -hmm. may we all have amazing friends like you
2: yes indeed and remember that peace worldwide starts from inside <laughs> <laughs> love life namaste blessings namaste
1: my friends it is a true blessing to share with you andrew Sealy. i'm grateful to you our listeners and him for helping create this inseparable and inspiring online community of wisdom seekers Yoga Revealed is here to illuminate the wisdom of yoga to hundreds and thousands and we cannot do it without you. Tell your friends who are curious about this practice. We have the intention to meet you where you are, as well as challenging you to consider a new way of practicing yoga in life. You can find Andrew and I at Lake Tahoe Wanderlust, as well as Hanuman Festival in Boulder, Colorado this June. Use Yoga Revealed 2017, one word, for a 10% discount code off of Hanuman's festival. We cannot wait to meet you. Until next time, my friends, love life, shine on, and namaste.